Well, hello and welcome to another Testing Peers podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by the usual crew, two of us in brand new locations, possibly with some setup issues, but we're going to try regardless, so please bear with us. I'm Chris Armstrong and I'm joined by Simon Pryor. Hello. David Maynard. Hello. And Russell Craxford. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about coaching testing. But before we do that, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsor, Saffron QA. And Saffron QA are a bespoke recruitment and consulting service for the QA industry. You can find more details about them in the show notes and also sufferingqa.co.uk. Now, I hear Simon, our latest award winner, has got something interesting for us to talk about. Well, thank you, Chris. Related to coaching testing or coaching, full stop, is there anything that you've done in your past where you've coached on something other than testing? Are there outside of work, whether, I don't know, coached a sport or something like that, that you'd be prepared to share about? I once upon a time got coaching sort of badges and things for coaching badminton. I got involved in that from a very young age to try and help. But I never really did that much in earnest. I just did the certification and training versus the coaching people part. So I haven't got many good stories. It was good fun learning it. I think for me, it wasn't necessarily, I helped for quite a few years, but many years ago when I was teaching with the DFE. So I was helping with them organise both their expedition, but also their charity work making sure that they I saw that suppose that's sort of a coaching role because you're encouraging them in particular areas that that they have find interesting in yeah I don't necessarily always have the expertise in that particular area so yeah I was coaching them in that I would say I've got a fair bit of coaching experience in football manager <laughs> so you get to choose interpersonal relationships mentoring team building all those sorts of things to make sure those things are going well what are your current stats Chris just on the latest Football Manager 2022, I managed to actually just win the Premier League with Arsenal in the first season. So I think we can all agree I'm a fantastic coach. That's a pretty impressive uh, achievement given their current state. But yeah, well done. The, the, key, the key is to sell as many of the players that you don't like um, at really like cut down prices and then try and make youth work. So you overwork the youth. Is that what you're saying? No, you, you use a lot of the youth players and then you, you make sure that they, you've got a few good old heads to mentor those ones and to enable them to become the best versions of themselves without old, expensive players standing in their way. Well, I asked this question because uh, thinking back to some of my youth as well, when I was in the, uh, the Air Cadets, I made the dizzy heights of Flight Sergeant, which meant I had to do a lot of coaching the, the younger cadets on things like how to you know, polish their shoes, how to you know, iron the uniforms, camouflaging when we're out on sort of night exercise, as it used to be called, where we're sort of hiding in bushes and playing capture the flag, that kind of thing, drill, et cetera, et cetera. So I, you know, I was kind of that coach lead role to try and help bring them all on, help and improve them, not by doing it for them, not by telling them how to do it, but by working with them on moving it forward. And then the other thing I did was uh, um, I used to be an internet safety volunteer as well and go out to schools and coach schools on how to teach internet safety, how to get the kids up to speed with uh, doing the right things online. So, yeah, I had a bit of experience doing it there as well. 
which I guess leads us nicely onto our topic for today, which is coaching testing. So where do we start? Who wants to go first? And what, what would you class as the, um, the first steps towards coaching testing? Possibly defining what we mean by coaching would probably be quite useful because I think there's a, a clear definition, hopefully, that we can agree on between the likes of mentoring and coaching and these other sorts of things. Go on then, Chris, start us off with your definition. My definition? Well, so I'm, I'm going to completely rip off somebody else's because um, I happen to have a beautifully hand-drawn sketch note that I took from a coaching uh, workshop that was run by Toby Sinclair and Amy Phillips at Tesbash 2017, I think. And it's about coaching stance and sort of talking about what things actually are relating to coaching. And one of the things was that you don't have to be knowledgeable on the subject area to be able to coach. So I'll tell you what the coaching stance is because that's the sketch note and I've just mentioned it already. Uh, so it says it's it's a flow between having an unconditional positive regard you then you suspend judgment you be comfortable with not knowing you have an open mind empathy you are present the answer then lies in the coachee not the coacher and you have active listening of which there was a nice little acronym called wait which says why am I talking? And that's you I can show it so you can see a real I really do have a nice one. And that's some podcast gold for everyone else. But for me, the, the bits that really stand out are in with regard to coaching, I'm not trying to impart my knowledge onto somebody. I'm trying to unlock the direction, the goals within the targeted coachee. The, they are the ones who are determined their own destiny it's the coach's job to sort of get that out of them rather than impart their knowledge and, and push themselves onto them. Yeah, I think it's a good case in point. There's a big difference between teaching, which is the imparting of knowledge from one person to another. Uh, and then there's mentoring, which is sort of facilitating, in my mind, the, the knowledge gathering from other people, whereas coaching is fight or getting the best out of the person's abilities in their what they're currently getting that's my pointed yeah I would, I would agree with that and it's it's kind of that thing of you're using that person's own energy to do the learning for themselves by asking them the right questions and challenging them to think about things differently whereas like you say with mentoring or teaching it's more about you as the expert and how you impart that knowledge and help them move forward whereas yeah coaching is definitely as, as mentioned by others, you don't have to be an expert in something to be able to be an effective coach of somebody. And I think that's the big di- that's another big difference is the fact that the knowledge doesn't have to, you don't have to be an expert in that particular area. You may have had similar experiences, but you don't necessarily need to be the expert. It makes a bit of a difference from coaching in terms of sport though, doesn't it? Because typically coaching in terms of sport, you are actually, you are still trying to unlock from people what they what they can and can't do but a coach in terms of sport has to have more knowledge and experience within those things that then possibly a coach professionally might need to do you not think i think it's there's a few exceptions but a lot of the best coaches in sports haven't always been the best players because they've they've learned 
they have they been have players. all been players yes agreed so they've learned they've learned and they've got that experience and yeah absolutely there's no reason why you can't be an effective coach if you do have some knowledge it's just how you then you know make sure that you're not imparting them the the exact thought process that you have onto them and allow them to make their own passes i guess that's a bit of a difference between coach in the sporting terms being used differently to how we use it in the tech world or in the, the business world i think in most of the business world though we still generally have people that coach from similar domains either business leadership testing um line management they're coaching you generally still in the rough area they're in not necessarily their specialism but i can help people learn about security without being a security expert it is definitely easier if it's in the domain because you can ask more sort of accurate questions that can help um, people a little bit better. But ultimately, yeah, coaching is all about the listening side more than it is. As Chris mentioned, wait, yeah, not talking is the hardest skill I've got for coaching. It's the same with anything. And I know we've discussed this on the previous ones. It's sort of the idea of the golden silence, allowing, giving a suggestion and letting the person you're coaching think about that and they then have to speak it becomes uncomfortable silence and I know that Chris has great difficulty in silence and so allowing them space to to think and giving them making them uncomfortable in order to actually understand what's going through their mind and then supporting them through that process is is quite key yeah and I think I've got you know experience recently in trying to trying to start coaching people on testing particularly and it's turned into very quickly turned into a mentoring process because they weren't up for being coached they needed me to to provide more knowledge than I intended to so it's it's a difficult one because I don't think not everyone is in a place to be coached it's about identifying exactly what you need to do to help that person out in some ways and and that's why for me coaching is is one one element of a toolkit towards helping people. It's one option. There are others out there. Coaching is good at kind of the overall things. Often it's not like if you want to learn how to, I use a football analogy, go around a player or do a trick, then you're kind of then you're doing teaching um, and those sorts of things. You're doing coaching, it's more about game awareness. Those sort of tactical things, your mentality, your kind of the way of approaching things. And I guess it goes then testing. You know, your hands on, how do you tackle a problem? You know, how do you tackle a problem? You can coach someone a bit more on the exact details of what to do, to how to test a queuing system. You can coach them how to go and find the information. But if they need to actually know what to do, you've got to decide, is it coaching they need, mentorship or teaching? And you've got to pick the right one for the right thing. And I certainly lean towards coaching more often for the people, teamwork, collaborative stuff than I do for particular stills. But there is times when it is for both because there's some people that are more proactive and some people that are more reactive. And again, as you said, it's about picking the right option for the right people at the right time. Yeah, and, and as managers, we do go between each of those particular roles. And you know, so it's difficult sometimes to highlight longer term time when I've actually done coaching because it, it sort of flips depending on where they are you know where they are in, in their particular professional journey times they might need mentoring they might need teaching and then they might need coaching once they've got that information uh, as to how they use that those skills in a particular area and how to move forward or 
sort of impart that knowledge uh, with other people, you know, and, and share that knowledge and use it on, on actual projects. So we do cover the whole gambit of all three of those as part of our role. So it's difficult sometimes to, to pigeonhole from one to another. And it's hard to move ourselves away from possibly feeling like we're the ones responsible for being the coach or the mentor or the teacher, because actually very often we aren't the ones who are best qualified for those roles. And sometimes we have to try and find the right people who can, who can do those parts um, and signpost those things. And I think that's a good point, actually, with a good coach is to del- being able to delegate the proper skills or everything else so that the person that, that is being coached gets the best out of the sessions or, or the time that they have available in order to do that. And like Chris said, so that the best person can give them or coach them in that particular area because we're not, not necessarily. And that's part of the coaching skill again is recognising our limitations, our own limitations, and getting the best support that they can do uh, from other people. Yeah, and I think that's that's a key thing as well, is with knowing your limitations, it's also seeing it as a learning opportunity for yourself to learn with the, with the person you're coaching as well. So trying to you know, encourage them, because it's also something that you, you can help them with by, by learning it alongside them letting them lead the way you ask you you coach them in a way that you're challenging them to find stuff out to learn the things and then them helping you by by feeding it back to you and you you're all learning together to enable you to then be able to go on to the next stage of coaching where you're listening to what they've learned and then trying to push them onto the next bit do any of us have any examples of where we've actually been able to coach people on testing or or that process that we're willing to share any success stories I've got a failure. Go ahead. <laughs> Why not? So I, I'd, I'd come into a leadership role with some people that were quite settled in their positions but didn't really know how to move on to the next level. And so it was, it was quite easy to sort of just sit back and just sort of they, – they'd come to me if they had something they wanted to talk about. And, and it was really nice and easy. I didn't have to – do much work and I thought this this management mark's quite easy really you know this I don't know why anyone thinks it's difficult but then we, we had a we had an, a new starter and and I told them that they were really enabled and empowered to do all these things and they they actually very much struggled to come forward when things were difficult and uh, as a leader finding myself in a position where one of the people reporting to me didn't feel they could share that they were struggling with things, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to do things because maybe I told them that, you know, they can, you can do things how you want. We'll just, we'll be, be open communication and you, you, you run it how you want to. That was too much for them. And I had misread the situation because historically all the other people, it was really easy to work with on those parts. And, and so the challenge for me there was I had been complacent I hadn't identified the individual's needs. I had just almost copy and pasted in my brain. This is an approach that works. So obviously it's going to work with everybody. And it was only thanks to somebody outside of our relationship commenting on these things that I really came to know. So I was failing at observing these things as well. And I felt terrible that I hadn't done a good job at just helping these people even to speak, have that open relationship because it's, it's, 
the relationship is very important whether or not you're the coach or the lead or their leader working directly with them because if we can't be honest we can't achieve a successful coaching relationship because if they don't if they won't share what they need to do or what they can or can't do how can I help you and if I'm not accessible enough as a leader that they can share those things with me then I failed I think that highlights the point that there has to be a mutual respect between both the coach and the, the person being coached. And that has to build over time. So if you do have new starters, you can't assume immediately that if they encounter difficulties, that they're going to be able to approach you because, because it's new for them as, as well. You know, we might know more about a, a new starter because we know their skills, we know what they're capable of. But if we then say, run with it, do whatever you want, in the con context of our work environment it's brand new to them and they don't know us and they don't know what the limitations are you, you know when when we say you can do whatever you want do we actually mean that or are there some limitations that they can actually do so we as coaches need to sort of support them with starting to find this feet especially at, at the early stages so that therefore they can start getting confidence that actually what they're doing is correct and allowing them to, to actually grow. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's where that's where coaching almost comes. It's more possible once you've built that first relationship, built the rapport, built that understanding, got the transparency in place between you, you and the potential coachee before you then move into a coaching position, really. Because yeah, there is fundamentals that need to be in place for. And I've I've done similar, Chris, with the example you mentioned where you know you, you you've got a way that's worked with others that you think oh it's it worked brilliantly it's bound to work and then you set someone else up and they just don't quite get it in the same way or they've not quite reacted to something that you've done in the same way others may have been more proactive others are waiting for you to handhold them a bit more and it's it's understanding where in that situation do they need need me to support them where where can I can I be that coach that they that they need for for progression and it, yeah, it, it can be a challenge. And I spent a lot of time beating myself up afterwards that I'd, I'd failed someone the same way I think you did, Chris. And yeah, it's, it's good that we can learn from those. But it, it ultimately, to me, it just shows that it can be very context specific, as with everything else. The ability to, to coach somebody is not always the, the easiest option. It's not always the only option. There are other ways to, to help them. Have you, um, where have you gone to, to learn how to be a coach? Have you done anything? Have you read books? Have you done courses? I mean, how, how is it that you've ever had the opportunity to coach somebody? So I did a leadership course. I did a leadership course um, must be four or five years ago now with a company called Aspire Leadership in London. And it was a, it was a course where there was no sit down. We're going to talk through PowerPoint slides for the two three days it was all activity based it was all physically standing up and doing activities it was two days of dialogue two days of scenarios two days of, of acting things out and talking to each other as a part of a group and uh, one of the trainers was a uh, not tv it worked in worked in sort of tv media and stuff and did a lot of acting so he was very good at showing us how to work through scenarios and coaching was a big part of the two days it was a fundamental thing that we had to do for each activity was there's an element of coaching to do in the, doing the scenario. So you had to do almost mini coaching sessions before you work through a scenario. And it made it really easy to, um, to learn some of the basics of coaching. So that was my first real insight into sort of leadership level coaching. 
working on that and, and that's set me in good stead but yeah it's it's reading blogs and learning stuff since then which i've tried to do i would say the same I, i've done a training course uh, when i first became a manager that was put on with with a couple of colleagues and then i've read read a couple of books and um yeah read blog posts and various things to, to help me along along the way i think one book book that sticks out for me which i've read a couple of times um is agile coaching by Rachel Davis and Liz Sedley. That, that one definitely helped with the coaching side of things, especially um, there's a whole section on caring about quality, which has really helped me in the, the testing specific coaching areas. So that's one I reference quite a bit. There's a book by um, Michael K. Simpson called Unlocking Potential, which I was recommended to me on one of the courses that I went to. That's quite a good one. It's got seven coaching skills that transform individuals, teams and organizations. I, I did um I did leadership sort of coaching training within within my office. I also did this Ministry of Testing workshop, and I I have talked and explored the possibility of one day to end up doing one of the barefoot coaching courses. I've known a few people like like Toby Sinclair and Vernon Richardson and the like who have done it, and they seem to speak with a great deal of warmth about about the course and i think i can see a lot of the future being quality coaching for people in our industry i would agree and i'm, I'm definitely I, I i've been eyeing up the barefoot coaching thing as well so uh, that's something definitely to to consider in the future so do we have any tips then for people trying to coach testing so is there anything we would do recommend approaches you know we talked very loosely at the start about kind of open questions being quiet but is there any other tips we'd give if you want to teach someone to coach i'm assuming they're a tester in this but actually maybe it's developers we're trying to coach in the idea of testing understanding context yeah. is 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 such a such an important bit because there's no point in coaching people into something that, that doesn't apply isn't applicable doesn't doesn't meet their needs and so finding the right way of understanding that context is, is super important as is having the ability to communicate well. So that means speaking, writing in, in a way that's good. But as we have mentioned a few times and we will continue to, it's the active listening, understanding, not just what people are saying, but the way they are acting and, and doing those things, even before you start, actively coaching all of those skills are, are supremely important is there any questions you can recommend that help people gather intel get that active listening going well, some people aren't even looking for aren't actually looking for a coach are they mm. sometimes people are just looking for a solution to a problem so understanding the problem it that's asking those questions can help to unlock you know what is it what's the problem here what are we trying to improve okay well what have we tried those parts are really good intro into that scenario. yeah i'd agree and i think it's good to identify what what the end vision end goal is for this particular reason why we're interacting i've always found the five whys is always a useful useful exercise on that as well which you can do with them or you can set them to go and do it and come back to you with the five levels of of why they want to do it and what they want to achieve etc cetera, etc cetera. But really, it does come down to, as, as you've mentioned, it's the context of trying to trying to understand what the end goal is and what what ways of getting there there are. 
from a testing perspective, it's always key. One tip I would say, and I think we've mentioned this already, is I try really hard not to not to impart the way I would do the testing because sometimes that can send people down the wrong path. If they don't understand things in the way that you understand them, then sending them off to do the way that you would do it ultimately they end up in problems. I've had issues in the past where I've tried to suggest particular metrics that I've used and I understand it, but others don't. And it, it sometimes gets messy by doing it that way. I wouldn't necessarily have particular questions. I think like Chris and Simon have said, you know, the context is right, vitally important and understanding where the journey is and maybe, even at the beginning, if you're not specifically saying, I'm going to coach you, you can subtly sort of start seeing potential in someone and then start the sort of coaching process and then give them an end goal once you've sort of started that process. The other thing I would say is to make sure that if you are considering coaching is start listening from the start, even though it's not an official coaching session, start relating that. So if you have a second meeting, you can relate back to previous meetings that the the person being coached is saying so therefore again it starts creating that trust element that okay he's taking you know they're taking an interest in me therefore I can open that dialogue because I can be a bit more open or as a coach I will refer back to something and ask them more information because I've had time to digest it and think that it's a useful thing so I would use their experiences and their desire to do it to build the questions rather than have specific questions to ask. Having done therapy and things like that in the past, I think kind of getting over questions and David's point there about notes, being able to refer back to things because it's generally not, coaching isn't where you kind of have two minutes now, 10 minutes later, 10 minutes um, in a couple of hours time. You Generally there's gaps over a period of time, a week, a few days or anything between sort of sessions. So if you can record things, data, information, also allows you to kind of and support them more accurately because they've already told you there's nothing worse than kind of having to repeat yourself a little bit um so if you can take notes and do things the thing i often let myself down on so that you end up kind of duplicating things so we've had horror stories any success stories i've had a couple in the past where i've taken sort of testers under my wing and coached them i remember one particular one was working for one of our sort of offshore offices and um, they expressed an interest to move into a testing role on site in the UK within the same company. And I made it a thing where I, I, I said I couldn't, I couldn't mentor them fully, but I would be able to coach them to some level. And I was giving them sort of questions to go and weigh and think about things. And it was difficult because it was not in person. It was over the phone at those times. There wasn't video calls as such. So it was much more tricky. But asking the questions, giving them time to go and think about stuff, coming back and talking through what they, what they found, learning things, pointing them in the right direction, that that developed into them getting a role in the UK office as a tester and then progressing up to be a test lead for me as well and, and, and eventually moving on to be a cloud, cloud ops engineer. So moving out of testing again, but, you know, encouraging them and coaching them on their career up, up to that point was, was a very positive experience for both of us. And I've done something similar in, a, in recent roles as well where I've, I've helped people improve their ability to to go and learn testing so one example is exploratory testing in the current role a couple of people where i've not i'm not by any means an exploratory testing expert in fact i've only rarely done it in the past but i've been able to help people shape the way we do exploratory testing by asking the questions pointing them in the right direction to go and do learning themselves 
allowing them to put stuff together and not not tell them to do it a certain way and then being that person that they can share it with and get a few comments from and, and support from on how to improve it at that point so yeah it's again it's not been singly coaching it's been a mixture of coaching mentoring guiding in whatever way is possible I would say that one thing that came out from what you just said there is that actually with coaching is that you shouldn't set yourself strict goals as to what you want to achieve. It is a journey. It is completely a journey. And, and I know that we're concentrating on testers, but we also mentioned about coaching developers, you know, to get them ideas of, of actual quality as part of what they actually do. But also, as Simon mentioned, the end of the journey might be out of testing with their aspirations, they might might use testing, but actually that's that's not a bad thing because actually they can use the bit like that we were saying about, or I was just saying about the developers of, of allowing them to appreciate quality. If they go out of testing, hopefully they'll take a little bit of the sort of idea of quality to whatever they're going to. So with coaching, you should never feel that you're, you should be limited by a particular goal. You should always aim for for a long much longer term solution and see see how the journey goes and with testing we're not we're also not trying to say that testing only belongs to testers of course we believe in in, in testing and quality belonging to the whole team which which means when we're we're coaching testing we may well not be like we've we've said we may not be coaching people who who are going to be testers maybe the role of tester doesn't exist in the future but testing and quality activities well and so the ability to sort of communicate and know where things are and be able to talk more about what what it is and why and all these things are are, are useful for us to know and to continue to ask ourselves and to continue to talk about and to continue to learn about because these truths aren't aren't fixed and set in stone they do change and so if we have aspirations to be coaches and to help and to educate people it's important that we continue to help and educate ourselves and that we continue to seek coaching and learning and all those sorts of things ourselves and on that bombshell i think we should wrap up now so i'm going to say thank you very much for chris simon and david uh, and i guess to myself uh, in a slightly weird way thank, um, you, for, thank you simon it's been great to talk about coaching and personal testers with you if you want to give us feedback we are happy to learn and grow as well. So we're always open to that. Um, so if you want to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and email. Goodness knows what else probably exists out there that we're probably now spread across. Feel free to reach out to us, give us that feedback. Um, thank you for joining us once again, and we look forward to you listening to us in the future. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. goodbye.